With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. We're all together, guys. Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. Um, it's been a few months. Um, take that, 2020. We're all together here in 2021. Um, but it's, it's good to have everybody here in the studio as, as we got a lot to talk about, Robin and Nate. Yeah, nature is healing. We're all coming back, you know, <laughs> after uh, things hit the fan. And uh, slowly but surely, we're getting back to normal. One day at a time. Well, guys, let's get right down to what just the last couple of weeks um, have been like. And particularly this week, um, it's almost like a new form of the off season has just launched before our eyes. We knew the transfer portal was going to be a big part of college football. It has been a big part of college football, but there's just something about January of 2021 where it's turned into almost a hot stove season. And I, I wrote that in my three, two, one um, that, you know, this hot stove season, and it's particularly longer this year because Classes haven't started yet. They're two, three weeks later than normal. So that's just more time. Coaches aren't on the road recruiting like normal. So there's just a lot of meddling back and forth going on. And Nebraska's added two very good players from the portal, Samori Torre and uh, Marquis Stepp. They lost Wondell Robinson, though, to the portal. Um, so it, it, it's pretty nuts just when you look at how these last few weeks have played out, not only at Nebraska, Robin, but around college football. Well, I mean, it's just the the sign of the time, the fact that uh, the transfer portal has been more active than ever, uh, just considering the the circumstances of the world right now. And then also the fact of the the extra year of eligibility where you have seniors and current members of your roster debating whether to return or come back. And so that is a whole new element that we have never experienced before to where we're doing announcements on Diedrich Mills moving, moving on, or, uh, you know, Markel Dismute coming back. I mean, th- those types of things are, it's a whole new layer that uh, is making this off season as unique as we've ever experienced. And I guess for the most part, Nebraska's had better luck than bad, but, you know, certainly they've suffered some blows along the way as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think Nebraska has finally been able to take advantage of the transfer portal maybe as, as well as they ever have. But on the other hand, you have lost, you know, arguably, you know, someone who's kind of the – you had made the face of your program, really, uh, certainly the face of the, the offense in Wandell Robinson. So, I mean, that's that's definitely was a tough pill to swallow this week. Yeah, let, let's get into Wandell Robinson. I mean, that was a deal – were you know there, there had been some smoke out there he made a tweet early last week sometimes you have to bet on yourself or something like that and typically that means all right if you're trying to read tea leaves I'm taking a chance on my life let's go and then his dad and trainer uh, both showed up to Nebraska on Friday to meet with coach Frost and essentially told them the plans of what was going on at that point it went in the transfer portal live on Monday 
but it's a tough blow. You're you're right because I feel like they went out of their way to to make this guy happy to do what they can to feature him, but they still didn't like how he was being featured. They thought maybe he was getting the ball too much as a running back. It was hurting his NFL. Um, potential things like that and you know I, I think there's two ways to look at it you know yeah it's a blow you should have tried to do what you can for this guy but on the other hand is one player that important to the point where you're gonna like do everything possible for him is he that valuable of a player is he Amir Abdullah good I don't think so um, is he Rex Burkhead good no I mean honestly Jordan Westerkamp guys put up way bigger numbers than him Brandon Riley had a better season than he did as a receiver. DeMorne Pearsonell had a better year. So, you know, and, and I never heard those guys ever complain about it's hurting my NFL potential that Tommy Armstrong can't throw passes to me. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I, I think that when you look at the degree that this hurts Nebraska, Wandale's on-field production is not irreplaceable in any sense. I mean, he was a good player who uh, was one of the best playmakers on an offense that didn't have hardly any playmakers. And so uh, as a result, I mean, he was he was a key piece to a bad offense. But the bigger issue for me is all the other stuff off the field. The fact that um, he was essentially anointed by the coaching staff to be the face of the program right along with Adrian Martinez. And, I mean, he was kind of the, the guy they were selling to recruits and, um, you know, had a profile as big as any player on this roster. And uh, for him to decide to leave because he didn't think his opportunity to get to where he wanted to go was good enough at Nebraska – uh, I mean, I don't care what his reasonings are. That's that's a bad look on Nebraska. Uh, the fact that he had such um, a prominence on this roster and he still was unhappy to the point where he left. What are they supposed to do then? I mean, what are they supposed to do for the guy, I guess? So like, that, that would be my rebuttal to you. How do you fix this? Well, I mean, you could run a passer out further than 10 yards downfield. You could uh, surround him with better players, uh, you know, run an offense that's more dynamic that he thought he was signing up for when he first got here. True. Uh, win more games. I mean, I, I win. Think eventually win. What, exactly. what it comes down to is Wandale wants to win and he wants to groom himself to play at the next level. And I don't think he thought he could do either of those at Nebraska. Okay. So here's my deal with, with this whole situation. We, we've come or we've seen Wandale Robinson come full circle here because uh, you know, had a chance to get to know him pretty well throughout his his recruitment. He was a silent commitment to Nebraska the fall of his his senior year, and he was set to announce on November first. Well, um, in the days leading up to that announcement, his his father and his trainer became more and more involved, and uh, there was a phone call that was made to Scott Frost on Halloween night, the night before he was going to announce at his school, and the trainer demanded certain answers about uh, the offense right about the offense how he was going to be used and um you know and so on and so forth how he's going to be developed and and you know how is it going to how, how's nebraska going to maximize his talents to to get to the nfl and and uh, you know and the trainer had never talked with scott frost before that and scott frost basically said well who are you i've had, we've had these conversations with wandell and his dad before but I don't know who you are, and it did not end well. And he subsequently committed to Kentucky the next day. But as we all know, he ended up flipping back to Nebraska because. And he said, he said, you know, I had to do this. I have to do what I want to do, and and I want to go to Nebraska. And um, but he, you know, I think he goes back home after the season, and all of a sudden now he's unhappy, 
you know, he's hanging around his trainer again. His trainer and his dad come to Lincoln to talk to Scott Frost again. Well, we know how that <laughs> we know that ended up the last time Scott Frost. Nebraska really couldn't win here. I mean, it, yeah, it was. I think it was a no-win situation. And you know, if if you had won more football games in the the two years that he'd been here, you probably it probably doesn't happen. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily Wandell that wasn't happy. I think it was the people that Wandell cares about weren't happy. And I'll be curious if you talk to an NFL guy, because I've had two different guys that played in the NFL this week say, you know, he's a good player, Sean, but I don't know if he's like a longtime NFL guy. He might be a guy that gets in somewhere for a while. But when you talk about him being like a contract NFL player, both these guys said, I don't see that at all with Wandell. He's going to have to do a lot, obviously, wherever he goes to take to that next level, to be like an Amir Abdullah who's still in the NFL, someone of that nature. And I think that's what he wanted. And obviously that wasn't happening at Nebraska. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, guys like that, you know, there, there are some that make it, but uh, with a guy that small, it's hard to make it. Better be good. And you, and you better be extremely dynamic. And, you know, they tried all they could to get Wandale the ball in space and it just never really clicked. And so I guess I don't know, is he going to be a guy that stretches the field on the perimeter in the NFL? No. I mean, he's going to be a slot guy. And if you can't get open, you know, at Nebraska where they're feeding you the ball 20 times a game, you know, how are you going to do in the NFL? So I, I guess maybe he thinks that a different offense will showcase his talents better. But uh, I think I think I'm with Nate where I think he started getting people in his ear. And uh, before he even made that decision, he already had one foot out the door. Yeah. And, you know, I, I never want to make a decision for a kid or, or second guess their decision because you don't know all the factors that are involved and I know that in that statement he did mention something about his mother being sick and I know he's got a he's got a brand new little baby sister and and everything and and uh but I mean I, I think that that was also kind of a strategic you know just in case the one-time deal. transfer yeah, rule just doesn't in case get that one-time transfer rule doesn't get passed you can fall back you know COVID is kind of a safety net here well I remember when a bunch of guys transferred to Kentucky years ago yeah. um Greg Hart and Cor- Courtney Courtney yeah. now Courtney Love never got his waiver but Vince Barrow they strategically tried to get waivers for yeah. a lot of those guys too for different family reasons that they had to leave Nebraska for so I mean, that's right in the Vince playbook. I mean, he's he's good. Like, I mean, Vince knows what he's doing. Um, we've known Vince a lot. I've known him since he was coaching for the Omaha Nighthawks. So um, he's interesting. But, guys, they did pick up two more transfers this week. Um, and I want to come back, and we're going to talk about the addition at wide receiver and at running back. In fact, we'll hear later in the show from both Samori Torrey and Marquise Stepp. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by our good friends at Lincoln's premier sports bar, Tanner's, on 30th and Yankee Hill Road. They'll have all the NFL playoff games on both Saturday and Sunday. I was in there for the national semifinals. I know they had uh, great crowds and a very safe clean environment good food cold beer so get on into tanner's 30th and yankee hill catch all the nfl playoff action this weekend but let's get right into the two additions here and call me the eternal optimist call me the glass half full guy you have both known me for a long time that's always how i am Uh, but i'm pretty optimistic about both additions that nebraska's added from the transfer portal um samori tory particularly 
to me intrigues me. Uh, I think this might have been the best receiver in the portal in terms of production and proof, and he's an NFL guy right now. Could have went pro, and we'll hear from Samori in our next segment, uh, but chose that he wanted to have one more year to increase his stock. But he's 6'3". He's what Nebraska has been missing. And all of a sudden, if Omar Manning can play, Xavier Betts gets things figured out. Alante Brown takes a step forward. Even without Wandell Robinson, this could be a better, more diverse group of wide receivers in 2021. Well, and they provide things that Nebraska hasn't had since Stanley Morgan in a big body wide receiver that can uh, play through press coverage and has a, a little bit of physicality to him. And uh, I think that is a, an element. You know, you want to talk about the timing of the passing game and quarterbacks not trusting the receivers to get open. That's a big part of it. I mean, if your receivers aren't where they need to be, you know, as a quarterback, you're going to be reluctant to throw to them. And now these guys, uh, you know, especially um, you know, with what we've seen from uh, Samari and, um, you know, obviously if Omar Manning can pan out, I mean, those guys, I think, bring exactly that. And that's an element that has really held this passing game back, you know, especially in conference play. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Sean. You, you've, you sold me on him at first. I was like, oh, you know, an FCS guy. Okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, with, with reading your, your reports on him and, and some of the updates, uh, it seems like Nebraska got a bit of a steal there that could really change, uh, you know, that, that passing game in particular. Yeah, definitely not your typical FCS transfer, I don't think. I mean, uh, you just look at his production. I mean, I think that's always the greatest predictor of, you know, how someone is going to produce at the next level or, or how they're going to make that transition. And, I mean, he, he had no problem putting up huge numbers uh, at, at Montana. And, and I think that, you know, he gives somebody, uh, you know, he gives Nebraska somebody that's going to be able to come in and, and make an instant impact. And then they haven't had that guy uh, on the outside for a very long time. And, um, or just somebody that can go up and, and make a 50, 50 catch. I mean, he, he's somebody that can read defenses. He understands how to get open. He's a great route runner and he can stretch the, the, the field. And so I mean, that's been a long time since Nebraska's had someone like that. When I had one coach tell this to me um, from another school and he said, look, you would rather get a Jabril Cox from North Dakota State in the portal than a disgruntled four-star that just left because he's upset about his playing time. And I look at this as the same way. I mean, I look at Samori Tori Nate as a receiver version of Jabril Cox. I mean, as far as the best receiver in FCS football, Jabril Cox was the best defensive player. He was LSU's best defensive player this past season. And uh, Samori Tori you know, I think can be Nebraska's best receiver potentially this year. Um, I know in the one game against Oregon, um, you know, he didn't put up big numbers. But you break a Randy Moss FCS record. Tell me who else on Nebraska's roster, Nate and Robin, could break a Randy Moss record. Nobody right now. Yeah. And so, you know, what I also <laughs> liked was, uh, you know, when you were talking about how even before, like if he would have entered the draft right now, he was projected as a day three pick. And, you know, Four to seventh round. Yeah, so I mean that puts him right in that Stanley Morgan territory where you want to talk about translating to the next level. Uh, so that I think says a lot. You know, when when he's already getting that much regard uh, at the professional level, um, you know, if he if he's able to, you know, do what Nebraska hopes he can do next season, you know, there's a chance that he could potentially move his way up to a second day pick, and that would put him in pretty rare territory for Nebraska wide receivers in the NFL. Well, it, it, the it, the interesting part about it all to me is that okay, here's somebody we know is a legit NFL guy, 
who who's got the opportunity to go play at the next level um you know what can nebraska do with him you know i mean he's he's coming Mm -hmm. he's not someone you have to develop and start from scratch and and mold into an actual wide receiver i mean he's he's a ready-made product so so i want to see what nebraska can do with him well can he mentor like a xavier betts exactly i mean because xavier betts has all the tools and you know there's a um coach here in omaha nate that actually coached at Samori Torrey's high school in Oregon, and he works at a high school now in Omaha, and he said Torrey was a late bloomer. He was 140 pounds fresh as a freshman, 5'11", and, and that's why he fell through the cracks. He wasn't a big kid. Xavier Betts is a big kid with all the tools. If he can learn from somebody like that, I think it could be huge. Yeah, absolutely it could. I mean, uh, to, to have someone who's been there and done that and, and who can teach these guys, like I said earlier, I mean, he, he understands all the nuances of the position. He's not somebody that's, that's starting from scratch. And, and I think just having, you know, kind of a mentor and a leader in that room uh, that, that has produced and played uh, very, very well and who has a future beyond college is, it could be very valuable for that room. And then Nebraska adds Marquise Stepp out of Indianapolis originally, but was at USC the last three seasons. And this is a kid that was an 18-month commit to Notre Dame, which, you know, if you're from Indianapolis and you're getting a Notre Dame running back offer, you're a pretty good player. He was a top 250 back um, coming out of high school, decommitted from Notre Dame to go to USC. USC switched to the air raid offense after he had signed a letter of intent. And they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Then they switched to um, Graham Harrell. And he just had to kind of blend in. And he did some good things over the last three years at USC. Redshirted but played in four. Then had a very good redshirt freshman year. And then had 46 carries this year. The leading carrier was only 54 carries. I think he needs. He wanted to go somewhere where he could be the number one. And at USC they were trying to play three or four backs equally. And that just wasn't going to work for his style he really intrigues me. I think the X factor remains: can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what I like about him is six foot, two hundred thirty-five pounds uh, from Indianapolis. He's not some guy from Calabasas or something like that that has never played in the cold. I mean, this dude grew up playing in the heart of Big Ten country, and so he understands that. And when you especially count in the the, the loss of Dedrick Mills. Nebraska needed some power in that running game. They needed someone that could churn out the tough yards uh, between the tackles when they absolutely had to get them. And uh, clearly, Marquis seems to fit that mold. And if he can stay healthy, I think he will be an ideal fit for what Nebraska needs, especially complemented with what else is already in, in, the, in the room at running back. Because I still think there's a lot of potential in that group. Yeah, there is a lot of potential in that group, but I, I agree with you. I think Step is is a is a great fit, not only at Nebraska in this offense, but in the Big Ten. I mean, he is a physical guy. He's a downhill runner, um, and, and he he I mean, he breaks tackles. He moves piles, and uh, you know, there's some similarities between he and Mills too. I, I think he's somebody that is is the type of back that gets stronger the more carries it gets the kind of gets into into a little bit of a groove and and has no problem kind of being a a workhorse for you so um you know i'm excited to see you know how how that transition works too and uh, really arguably one of the top maybe two or three running backs in the transfer portal so nebraska goes out and gets arguably the top wide receiver and one of the top running backs. I mean, it's been a pretty good week as far as adding players out of the portal. Yeah, I, I was told that Pledger from Oklahoma and Step are probably the top regarded backs. And, you know, Rambo from Oklahoma 
and obviously Torrey, but Torrey fell through the cracks. I, I don't understand how, you know, Miami wanted him and Oregon wanted him, but as far as like Mike Farrell and our list at Rivals, like he wasn't even on the initial list. And, you know, he, Miami took Rambo the day after Torrey commits to Nebraska. So mm. most of the time you're not going to have room for two transfer portal receivers. Um, so it tells you, like, I mean, he was that regarded that Miami was looking at him and Rambo for their spot. Yep. Well, and he was one of only 250 players selected to the, the Senior Bowl, right? And the only one from the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, I mean, so that says everything right there. I mean, not only is he getting you know, On the legitimate list. NFL talk, I mean, that's that's the marquee all-star game. And then briefly, Robin, let's close up with some basketball. We're not going to do a full segment, but, man, um, lose again against Indiana. <laughs> they lose the whole week because of COVID-19 as Nebraska um, will miss. They, they've missed the Illinois game. Illinois game Wednesday and then Maryland on Saturday. And so when would their next game be back? Right now it's Minnesota at home on Wednesday the 20th. And so that, I think, is more realistic, certainly, than Maryland. But it just depends on kind of where they are with their, their COVID testing. There was obviously multiple Tier 1 positives, and those are players, coaches, staff members, uh, you know, directly in contact with the team. So um, it's just a matter of how far spread that actually got. And uh, right now it seems to be substantial enough to cancel two straight games. It's amazing that the basketball team, with so few players, has gotten more big Big Ten, COVID, one, COVID positives, then the whole football team, the different Nebraska this year. Well, football team is together for a lot longer, too. And so I think the fact that you know they are a smaller group and they're around each other all the time, one guy gets it, I think the spread is going to be a lot more substantial than with football where you can keep guys separated a little more. Yeah, you don't have position rooms and, and whatnot. Well, it will be interesting to follow. And, and you think, Robin, they'll make these games up. That's the plan. I mean, the Big Ten needs these games to be played because this is a huge year for them with potentially getting 10-plus teams in the tournament. Uh, they need those games to be played because they need those resumes to be as good as they can get. So uh, it's going to take a lot of shuffling on the back end. Uh, games that are currently scheduled are probably going to get moved around in order to make this a little bit more realistic. Uh, but as of now, these games will be rescheduled, but you know, who knows what's going to happen in a couple months. All right, I teased it, uh, but we're going to hear from both Samore Tori uh, from Montana and Marquis Step. But first, let's hear from Tori. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. As I told you, out of the gates, the Huskers picked up a big-time addition out of the transfer portal, FCS All-American wide receiver out of Montana, Samore Torrey. Uh, Samore, uh, first of all, congratulations on your decision, and let's get right to it. Uh, what led you to Nebraska? Uh, man, I feel like it was, it was already written, to be honest, you know, uh, Nebraska, you know, showed interest, you know, throughout the whole process, but, you know, uh, recently, you know, they started, uh, applying more pressure and, you know, and, uh, uh, the coaches, you know, my, the coaches actually are familiar with my coaches at Montana. So there's some connections there too. So, you know, it was just, it just seemed like the best fit for me. Talk about the the decision uh, to to not play this spring at Montana and then put your name in the portal. I mean, you had a great career at Montana. You were going to break all the records. How difficult was that for you to to not play this spring? And and what made you want to take the jump to Power Five football? Uh, it, you know, it was a very difficult decision for me. You know, and keep in mind, you know, I was I was ready to play in the fall. You know, we we were all set and ready to go play in the fall, finish out my career there, but. You know, right when we started practice, you know, in fall camp, they decided to to cancel the season and move it to the spring. 
And, you know, ever since then, I had to, you know, weigh my options and uh, decide uh, to make the best decision for myself. And the, the spring season, you know, there was a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, you know, surrounding that. And I didn't really like the uncertainty. And I just thought it would be the best opportunity for me to just jump to power five. You know, I wanted to play against the best of the best. I knew I could do it. So I just had to, you know, take that leap of faith and make that decision. We're talking to new Nebraska receiver edition, Samori Tori out of Montana. Um, and, you know, you probably could have looked at the NFL as well. I'm sure you had some of the draft all-star games. Uh, the senior bowl had you on their watch list. How much did you consider just going right to the NFL? I know Kay Johnson at South Dakota State, a similar FCS standout receiver, um, you know, did that. He decided to go pro. Did you consider going pro or did you know you needed one more year? Uh, I definitely considered going pro. Uh I knew I knew I could make that jump to the league, but I knew also it would be an uphill battle because I, I knew another year uh, a film would benefit me, and I knew I would be probably being realistic a day a day three prospect uh, if I went to the draft. So opposed to that, you know, going to the Power Five, you know, and having a successful season there could really boost my draft stock a lot. So it was really a business decision at the end of the day. When you look at Nebraska now, the the situation you're walking into, a lot of young receivers, a lot of slot type guys. They they have been missing though that that true X type receiver, the guy that you've been the last couple of seasons. What type of opportunity do you have now walking into Nebraska to make an impact here in the Big Ten Conference? Uh, it's honestly a great opportunity, you know, and that's really what I was looking for, you know, coming into this process is just really the opportunity to to play and make a difference and. Going to Nebraska, you know, offers that opportunity. Like you said, you know, a lot of a lot of young receivers, and like you said, they're just missing missing that missing that that one piece. And I feel like this was just the best fit for me. What other teams did you consider? Obviously, Nebraska um, was on you early on and communicated with you for quite a while. But yeah. what were the other teams you really considered? Well, a lot of a lot of teams uh, showed interest, you know, throughout the process. I was I was considering uh, Miami, you know, definitely that was. Uh, one of the schools that it really came down to. Other than that, you know, I was considering, you know, uh, Florida State showed some interest early on. Oregon, uh, you know, obviously my hometown team uh, and, and some other schools as well. But, you know, when it came down to it, like I said, I feel like uh, Nebraska was the, was the best op- option for me. Who were the coaches that you dealt with the most? Was it Matt Lubick, Scott Frost? I mean, who did you communicate with here over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I've really been in, in contact with uh, Coach Lubick a lot, and then you know once once they they figured out that uh, I was I was, we I, my interest matched theirs, they got me on the phone with Scott Frost as well. So yeah, Matt Lubick, Scott Frost, uh, talked to to Steve Cooper. You know, just getting to know the guys. And what did you like just about that coaching staff and and kind of what they sold you on as far as what you're walking into at Nebraska? Uh, honestly, I don't know if they they knew this, but they didn't really have to sell me on much, you know. But they did; they did a good job of it, you know. And you know, just with Scott Frost and Coach Lubick, just the type of coaching experience they have, you know, uh, they just their resume is just kind of unmatched, and that's something for me that that really interested me. And also, just you know, Nebraska in general is just a historic program, you know, that needs no introduction. So, you know, all that put together, uh, I feel like. I made the right decision. Does Lincoln kind of remind you of a bigger version of um, Montana? I mean, because I know you guys are FCS, but there's yeah. quite a microscope on that program at the FCS level. 
Exactly, exactly. And I, I do feel like it's a lot of the same because, you know, in, in Missoula, you know, it's football is everything out there. And, you know, it's just it's just a community that's kind of unmatched, you know, just football, football, football. And I, I have a good feeling that Nebraska's the same way. Did you follow Oregon? I mean, you grew up in Portland, Oregon. So were you very familiar growing yeah. up with just – Got, not not necessarily Scott Frost and Matt Luba, but they were a part of those great Oregon teams with Chip Kelly and and on. Did you kind of follow that um, and what they did there when you were a kid in Oregon? Yeah, most definitely. You know, as an Oregon guy, to be honest, I was an Oregon State fan growing up, but you know, I always uh, watched Oregon and and I really loved you know their offense, their explosiveness, and yeah, the fact the fact that Scott Frost and, and Coach Lubick were both you know a part of that uh, made a big difference to me. Now, how fast do things pick up for you? Uh, I, I think Nebraska's players report to Lincoln on Sunday. Will you be here by Sunday, or when when do you actually get to town? Yeah, uh, from what I know right now, the goal is for me to be there on Sunday. So things, things are moving pretty fast, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and how, how important is that for you to be here for a spring, to be, be here for a winter, to kind of earn your stripes in that locker room, knowing a lot's going to be given to you maybe, right? I mean, you're going to have to earn what you get, but, you know, there's going to be some expectations and you probably obviously want to show people that you're worthy of those. Uh, right. And yeah, that, that's a big thing for me, you know, being able to, you know, get there right away, you know, do winter conditioning, spring ball, all that. Cause there was a couple other schools who, who wanted me to come, you know, in May. And I really didn't like that idea just kind of being thrown in there and not being able to do spring ball. So yeah, being, being able to get there for spring ball was something that was really important to me. Well, hey, Samori, congratulations on your decision. I know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing you here at Nebraska and seeing what you bring to the table. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show, this special, let's call it transfer portal week for Nebraska as it's been a busy week in the portal, and we talked about Wondell Robinson. We just heard from new wide receiver edition, Samori Tori. Now let's hear from new USC transfer running back edition, Marquise Stepp. I had a chance to catch up with Marquise um, as he was just getting things finalized with his decision from Nebraska, and he talked about a lot of things, but let's first get down to it. Why did he pick Nebraska? Basically just their commitment to uh, run the ball. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they were second in the Big Ten in rushing yards, were they? Yeah, and, you know, that's – I just feel like it's a good opportunity. Um, the players are there. I'm, I'm just ready to go in and work and, you know, just help just help Nebraska uh, come back and get back to where they were years ago. Um, hopefully I can be a part of that. And you look at a guy like Step. he had over 100 carries uh, for over 500 rushing yards at USC. He got a lot of playing time over the last three seasons, did battle an ankle injury, but he learned a lot during his time in Los Angeles. USC uh, did a lot for me. Uh, you know, I'm going to miss those players, um, miss some of the coaches. You know, I built great relationships there. Um, I feel like they helped me on and off the field. Uh, I grew as a person there. I learned a lot about myself. I think what they helped me on as far as a football player, um, I really learned how to protections and, uh, you know, catching the ball. You know, we ran the air raid, so that's really all I was doing is catching balls um, in practice, um, you know, route running my routes off the backfield. I think they helped me on that too as well. 
um, just help me become a better overall player. And hopefully I can uh, bring, you know, uh, some of that to Nebraska. And I think one of the real deciding factors for Step to leave USC had to do with their change in offense. When he first signed with the Trojans, they were a traditional pro-style team. They then made the switch to the air raid, first hiring Cliff Kingsbury for a cup of coffee before bringing in Graham Harrell. And he's six foot, 235 pounds. He's really not a fit for the air raid. I committed to uh, Dylan McCullough. Um, at the time, he was arguably the best running back coach in the country. Um, I, I thought he could develop me, um, you know, and uh, and take me where I want to be. As things, uh, you know, he found a new opportunity. The Kansas City Chiefs came calling, and he took it. So, uh, you know, and I, you know, that's like that's like um, you know that's like my aunt, really. So I'm, you know, I'm happy that he did do that. And you know, I'm happy he gave me the opportunity to go to USC because I don't think I would be where I am without him. As for Nebraska, guys like Scott Frost, Matt Lubick, and running backs coach Ryan Held wasted no time in contacting Step, who entered the transfer portal on December 28th. Uh, we've been in contact uh, since I hit the portal. Uh, they showed strong interest. Um, at first, I didn't um, know um, if I would like it or not. Um, but, you know, it just grew on me and grew on me, and I felt like my where my heart was. It was where my heart was, you know. I don't know if you followed me throughout high school, but it was when I committed to Notre Dame, you know, I felt it in the heart. Um, and that's kind of how it felt uh, with Nebraska. You know, I felt it in the heart, and I feel like home is where the heart is. And I was looking for that feeling around this time around, and that's what I got. And coming into Nebraska, there's no question Step is in a very favorable spot to be the featured back as Nebraska doesn't have any experience. Dedrick Mills announced earlier this week he's heading to the NFL. NU does not have a back even close to the level of Step in terms of production right now at the Power 5 Division One level. Uh, they just want me to come in and compete and work my butt off, and uh, other stuff will take care of itself. But, you know, I'm looking to build bonds with these teammates, my new teammates, and, you know, I'm just ready to compete. And, uh, you know, we're going to work together as one, and hopefully we can uh, take, back, take back the Big Ten one, day, one of these days. So. Step, who's originally from Indianapolis, he just has a, a build that looks like he's better off in the Big Ten. I asked him, do you feel like you're a better fit to play in the Big Ten versus the Pac-12? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm a back anywhere, um, any conference. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I felt like Nebraska presented the best opportunity. Um, that's what it, that's, you know, that's why I chose there. Um, you know, I feel like I could play in any conference. It's just, uh, we, what people don't realize is when most people transfer, it's not about ducking competition or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm a competitor. I've been competing in my whole life. Competition was never a thing. Um, it was just the opportunities um, I, I see were very slim. There's three other great backs there. We all competed. We all played. So, obviously, it had nothing to do with playing time. It wasn't like I wasn't playing um, or I wasn't doing nothing. It's just like you can't split 15 carries between four people. And that's, you know, nobody's going to eat. It was just looking for a better opportunity. And uh, I just felt like this was the best opportunity and best situation for me. And finally, Step will get to Lincoln here on Sunday as he'll waste no time. He wants to be a part of things for winter conditioning, but it will actually be his second trip here as he took a trip to Lincoln on his own dime this past week, spent some time with guys like Colin Miller, Kurt Raftall, even crossed paths with Omar Manning, and he's excited now to get back. I went to Lincoln just to get a vibe for the campus because I, I just wanted to go on campus. Even though I couldn't really see the, I couldn't see the, the facilities or anything, um, I just went out there just to get a vibe for the campus, just to see what it was like. And, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's it. Like, it was once that happened, it was a done deal. 
And thanks again to new Husker Transfer Portal additions, Samori Tori from Montana and Marquis Stepp from USC. When we come back, we'll get some final thoughts on the show with Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus. Let's talk some recruiting, Nate, and it's a different January than what we're used to. I mean, normally um, we're on the road in January. Coaches are on the road. We're going to school, seeing guys. And, you know, we've seen January just change so much just in the last couple of years. It you know, used to be a scramble month to wrap up your class. It then kind of became a partial month when the early signing day happened to now nobody really uses January to sign guys for um, unless unless you are new coaching staff. But there just aren't a lot of available players now left in January that you're better off to save for the portal. Um, and right now, with nobody on the road, January has turned into a portal month uh, in recruiting. Yeah, it really has. I mean, there's I mean, there's nothing else to do. It's it's hard to um you know you're you're not out being able to to watch kids work out uh, or to kind of get an eyeball on them in person because you know that's that's one thing when it comes to recruiting uh underclassmen i mean there's kids from their sophomore year uh to their to their you know the whatever the second semester of their junior year uh can grow and, and develop a lot and change a lot so you know, and without any of that happening, it's it's really difficult, I think, to uh, to get a good gauge on on where people are at. So, um, and all the activity right now is in the transfer portal. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, and Nate Nebraska with the addition of Samori Tori and Marquis Step. They are now at 23, and 25 is the most initials they can add between the portal and recruits. And you know when you. You size it up right now. I mean, it's as simple as this right now. Avante Dickerson would be the desired spot 24, the Omaha West Side corner, who, by the way, is apparently down to Nebraska and Oregon. I'm not even sure Minnesota is in it as they once were. And then spot 25 appears to be maybe best available guy. I'm not sure who that could be, but that could be a transfer portal spot. It could be a high school player, whoever the best available guy is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, first of all, with Dickerson, you know, if it's down to Nebraska and Oregon, I, I, I like, I think you got to bet on Nebraska there because, um, you, you know, if, if one of the reasons why he had got kind of cold feet with Minnesota was because he had never vin- uh, visited Minneapolis, well, he has never been to, to Oregon either. He's never been to Eugene. So, um, you know, if that's the reason, you know, in distance, it could be a factor. Uh, you have to really like Nebraska's chances if if that is, in fact, where he's at. And, um, you know, he keeps quiet. I mean, he's he, he's not publicizing, uh, you know, this by any stretch. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, um, you know, I, I think after that, you know, do you, do you go after um, a linebacker or do you go after a wide receiver since you had Wandale leave and you're only going to have uh, Torre for, for a year? Um, you know, it, it, I think they're, they're going to have some some decisions to be made there. Yeah, it will be interesting. And, Nate, do you think Dickerson is strictly a defensive back for Nebraska? I mean, is there any chance he'd be a receiver, or do you think he's a, a corner all the way based on need? Um, yeah, based on need, I would say he's a corner for Nebraska. But, I mean, he, he is he's a heck of an athlete. He's got great speed. Um, you know, I think he could play, he could translate as a wide receiver. So, uh, but I think first, I think first for what Nebraska needs, uh, he's he's probably a, a corner for them. What about spot twenty five? I mean, the urgency for that. Do you think there's an urgency to get a guy here by February second? 
which would be the latest you could be here um, to take part in spring uh, spring uh, classes. Uh, you can be here one week late this year, and, and it's a January 25th start date. So um, the first Monday in February is when you'd have to be enrolled into a class at Nebraska. I mean, I think there's a huge benefit, obviously, to get a guy here then, but could there also be some guys that pop up on the back end of a spring semester? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I, I, I do think that you're going to see some some more names pop up in the back end. You're going to have, you know, I'm really intrigued by what's going to happen with uh, with a junior college football season that's taking place this spring. Are there going to be some guys that emerge, you know, in that whole deal that uh, that are kind of there for the taking if you have a spot? Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of decisions to be made, or or do you go in the transfer portal one more time and bring in somebody that you feel like is uh, you know somebody that can help you out immediately and get on campus right away? So, um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of scenarios that I think the staff is going to have to weigh, and and I think it's going to come down to okay, well. Uh, can this guy help us immediately? Uh, do we feel like he's going to be a good fit? Because, you know, we, we've seen that not everyone's been a good fit that the staff has, has tried to bring in and, and make work. And, and I think you have to be – that's probably the, the, the number one thing that, that they've got to do is make sure that, okay, um, this is a kid who's wired the right way and is going to fit in with what we want to do. Yeah, what about that Juco season, Nate? What, I mean, did they is everybody playing like a four- to five-game schedule? I mean, I, I'm guessing there's not a championship sponsored by the NJCAA this year? I don't know the – the, the exact layout in terms of how many games there's going to be or if there is going to be a national championship game. Uh, but I, I do know that um, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to duplicate it as much, uh, you know, or as closely to the, the fall season as, as they can. Um, and, and I know that they've, they've already been able to start practicing and, and there's, they've had a limited number of practices that they could have in the fall. And then, um, you know, practices here are, are going to be starting, starting up as soon as everyone's back uh, on campus from the, from the break. So, um, you know, and I, I really do think there, there could be some steals out there. There could be some guys that, that emerge that are there for the taking, um, you know, if, if you happen to have a spot. Yeah, Nate, I'm looking at Iowa Western right now on their website and, They've got a they've got an eight game schedule posted that starts on March 27th and ends on May 22nd. No Kansas teams on there though, which leads me to believe is can is the Jayhawk League? Are they not playing? Are they only playing in the state of Kansas? I think they're only playing in the state of Kansas. But Iowa Western will play Snow. They'll play Iowa Central twice, and they'll play Ellsworth twice. And then they've got some other games on there against Arkansas Baptist, Northeast Oklahoma. Um, and Southern Shreveport. So they they've, they obviously are playing four Iowa games yep. and four other games, and you know arguably that snow game is probably the biggest game on their schedule, and that's who they open with. Yeah, that's that is the biggest game on the schedule, um, and that's kind of a, that's a rematch of a game they had a couple years ago in a bowl game, I think. Yep, right, it was the, the the bowl game. Yep. So that will be interesting, especially if coaches are allowed on the road after April fifteenth. Yep. We don't we don't know that. Um, but boy, uh, junior college football games will be heavily attended if they are allowed on the road. But gosh, you just feel for these kids. You hope that the NCAA, I don't know if they can do this, but allow some flexibility with JUCO kids on that 25 initial rule because there's going to be a lot of kids that may not get a scholarship opportunity because of that 25 initial rule. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of guys that that you know just flat out gave up the game 
this this past fall uh, because they were they knew that you know they had a small window to go ahead and and, and try to make it and try to play and and get somewhere, um, but without having a, a you know a fall season, it made it very difficult to do that. So um, they had to kind of weigh their options and whether they wanted to continue to to grind it out and and hope. Uh, that that they could get you know picked up late by somebody. So I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for for junior college kids. I feel bad for the coaches because this has been kind of a nightmare for them to piece it all together and and to try and um, you know to try and handle recruiting and, and handle. Um, everything else, the roster management for them too. So, um, but I am very intrigued to see, you know, exactly how this plays out. Especially, like you said, if if the the spring evaluation period does happen to open up after April fifteenth, after the dead period uh, ends that, that we're currently in, um, yeah, it could. It, you know, if if you're a school that has a spot or two held back, you could uh, you could help yourself in the JUCO realm. Well, and you a lot of these schools, Nate, you won't even you may not even know who appears on these rosters. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's yeah, it's going to be. It, it, you could. This is if there's ever a year to find a uh, guy in the bushes. Yeah, uh, 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 the diamond in the rough or a hidden gem or whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is the year to do it. All right. Well, lots to follow uh, with recruiting the transfer portal. Make sure you're logged on to HuskerOnline.com as we will keep you up to date with the latest. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 